Hey, family, good news. God is here. He's here in this place. And I want you to meet with him during this time. In fact, I want, I want him to be meeting with you, you to be meeting together, you hearing from God, receiving help, direction, guidance of God. So, so I'm going to bless you as we get going here. First of all, I bless you now in the name of Jesus that you would know Jesus more wonderfully. I bless you to receive healing if you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit. During this very time while I'm teaching that you would receive that healing in Jesus' name. I bless you to receive the guidance of God and the help of God even right now. I, I bless you to flourish and prevail over whatever challenges you're facing in your life, whatever your situations that you would flourish and prevail in Jesus' name. And I bless you to feel hope, to feel joy, to feel love, to feel peace. God is here. God is with you. He will help you. I bless you with that in the name of Jesus. May it be. All right. Well, I am fanatical about wanting God to hear you. And he does hear you, but I want, I'm fanatical about God answering, actually, actually answering your, your prayers. That, that's why we're spending these next couple weeks talking about prayer, talking about how to move from praying to praying more effectively, praying in such a way where God is hearing and answering our prayers. Last week we set the context of our series where we talked about how, you know, honestly, when we look at our lives, and when we look at how much our prayers are being answered and how swiftly they're being answered versus what Jesus says about, the, about prayer, what the Bible says about prayer, we conclude, hey, this prayer isn't working as the Bible ought to, says it ought to be working. We, we ought to be re receiving more answered prayers um, according to the Bible here. So we, we, we talked about that. We mentioned how the disciples... They grew up praying all their lives. But when they saw how Jesus prayed, they looked at Jesus and they said, okay, we want to pray like Jesus. Lord, teach us to pray. Why did they want Jesus to teach them to pray? Well, because when Jesus prayed, things happened. They didn't want to just pray their normal prayers, just to pray, just to pray. They wanted to see their prayers answered. And they wanted to see things change, challenges shift, uh, situations completely turned around in direct answer to their prayers. We talked about that. We talked about how God hears all prayers, but also there are some prayers which are vastly more effective. He hears all prayers, but there are some prayers that are vastly more likely to be answered and answered swiftly than others. There's lots of factors connected to answered prayer, and during this study we are going to be talking through those factors. But today we're just going to go back to the beginning, and we're going to be learning about prayer. We're going to go back to the basics, and we're going to talk about how to pray, or specifically how to pray with the most effective prayer structure. And then we'll build from there. We're going to talk about how to pray with the most effective prayer structure if you want to see lots of answered prayer in your life. In fact, when, when the disciples went to Jesus, as I mentioned earlier, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray, the first thing that Jesus did was give them a prayer structure prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. A sample, a condensed structure of how to pray. He gave them a, a how to pray structure that they could uh, follow. 
and, and then he teaches more about prayer. There is more to say than just structure, but that is also where Jesus started when it came to how can we pray like you? Okay, let's start with this structure. There's a lot of great prayers in the Bible. You've got like Moses and Nehemiah has a couple and Daniel and, and Hezekiah and, and Jehoshaphat and Solomon and Jesus has some and um, Hannah for Samuel. There's lots of great prayers in the Bible and I define a great prayer as one of the, one of the great prayers in the Bible is something that's written down and you see it answered. You see how God completely and precisely answers that prayer. There's a lot of great prayers in the Bible. What's interesting to note is that all of them have the same structure. All of these great prayers in the Bible that are against they have the same structural pieces, the same pieces, and basically the same pieces in the same order. And they also reflect the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus says, you know, when they say teach us how to pray, the, Jesus ha lays out a brief prayer with the same prayer structure. So before we start talking about all these other things about prayer, we want to just make sure we're landing the, the basics, getting the right pieces right, the right structure right when it comes to prayer. Okay, last note before we dive in. A lot of times people will say, I want to learn how to pray. If you want to learn how to pray, go through the Psalms. Learn the Psalms. And, and I'm like, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, it's not an awful answer. There are worse answers out there, like give up. <laughs> but, but when it comes to prayer, uh, if you want to learn how to pray, the first place that I would direct people is to the prayers in the Bible. And there are lots of them. You want to learn how to pray, study the prayers of the Bible. The Psalms, again, they're, all a bit, they're all different in, in different bits of the Psalms. But I think of the Psalms more like prayer portions, pieces of prayers. And so you're like, okay, I want to fill out this, I want to, I want to expand this part of my prayer, my prayer structure. Okay, this psalm, I can bring this psalm into learn, growing in this aspect of my prayer. So I think of psalms, it's not entire, there, there are some that are very complete in their structure, but most of them are more like prayer, prayer portions. They're not trying to be prayers like the prayers in the Bible are, right? Okay, so just throwing that out as a disclaimer. Let's talk about the five pieces for, uh, for effective prayer structure. Piece number one is this. Pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Now, um, I, I now need to backtrack entirely. There is not one single example in all of the Old Testament of all the great prayers in the Bible that, ha that, that have the person praying to the Father in Jesus' name. Okay. So I totally set that up and then crashed right on point one. Okay, that's fine. John chapter 16, Jesus says, okay, now pray to the Father in my name. But, you know, that, that he sets up a new era when it comes to prayer. So we just, we just have to, there is a New Testament shift there. We see in the exa examples in the New Testament of people talking to Jesus, talking to the Spirit. But it seems like if you want to see massive breakthrough in your life, in your situations... If you've got a big prayer request that you're wanting God's, God's breakthrough in, the direction of Jesus is go to the Father, ask the Father in Jesus' name. That, that's, that's, that's where we're directed to do that. When I pray, um, I don't just, I just don't uh, like leave the in Jesus' name at the very end. 
you know, like a little sign-off. Sincerely yours in Jesus' name, Brian. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't just tag it. It's like, this is the big deal. That I'm coming to the Father in Jesus' name, so I lead with it. Father, in Jesus' name, here I am. Let's talk. You know, that sort of, in the middle. In Jesus' name, bring this breakthrough. In Jesus' name, you know, intervene, act, help, tell, tell, reveal, guide, you know, whatever's in the middle. And then at the end, oh, all this, I pray in Jesus' name, may it be, amen. You know, pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Uh, according to Jesus, that's the preferred uh, prayer strategy for effective praying. Okay? Piece number one. No, no examples in the Old Testament. All the rest there. All the rest are the same. Number two. Number two. Start with saying amazing things that you know about God. Start with saying amazing things you know about God. Now, I have a confession here on this one. I... I I know this stuff inside and out, this prayer structure stuff. I've taught on this so many times over the years, like so many times. And yet, way too often, I would say way more than half the time, I jump straight to, God, help me now, <laughs> to, to my request. I just jump way, right over the top of this stuff at the beginning. So this, this study is good for me. Oh, Ingraham, slow it down, right? So, you know, get, make sure you're getting the right pieces in, in the right orders. Sometimes at the very end, I'll be like, oh, yeah, and you're amazing. But, but <laughs> we're supposed to be leading with this stuff. You know, uh, all the great prayers of the Bible start with saying true things about how good God is. Uh, basically, how, uh, what is God like and what are the good things that God has done for you? What is God like? What is he like? And wh what are the good things that he's done? When Jesus, in the Lord's Prayer, when he's giving us that, that condensed structure... Depending on your version, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, holy. Your, your name is holy. Your, your name be ascribed with holiness. Um, Jesus is just being condensed, and he's just picking the number one praiseworthy attribute of God. Uh, and you're like, is that true? Yeah, yeah. In heaven, that's what's going on. Like, the angels never stop saying, holy, holy Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Like, they never stop saying. Ha, it, when in the throne room of God, in his presence, which he designed exactly how he wants it to be, it is his holiness that is being declared over and over again. When you tap into, when you're praying like, and you're like, God, God uh, Father, you are holy, you are holy, you are holy. That, that you're tapping into even God's ideal, like heaven. And, and you're, you're bringing, um, you're, you're just connecting that to what, what his ideal is. As you start praising God, though, uh, you're, draw you're drawing his attention because God loves to be praised. You're like, oh, that's weird. Uh, he hates to be grumbled about. He loves to be praised. They're kind of in the same thing, right? He, 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 it, it, yeah, he cares about how people are talking about him. And he, he feels like he is worthy of honor and praise, and he is. And so when people actually do it, Man, you're drawing his attention. You're drawing his, his ear. Uh, some examples in the Bible of this, like Daniel chapter 9. Daniel's praying. He says, Ah, oh Lord, the great and awe-inspiring God. Like he's just, he's like, yeah, this is, God, you are you're great. You are awe-inspiring. Who keeps his gracious covenant with those. You are a covenant-keeping God. Like, let's talk about you, God. You are great. You are awe-inspiring. You keep covenants. 
In, in Nehemiah, chapter 9, one of the great prayers of the Bible, Nehemiah is praying. He says, blessed be your glorious name. And may it be exalted. May your name and your reputation be lifted up, exalted above all blessing and praise. You, Lord, are the only God. You created. And he starts talking about all the things that God did. God's done. You created the heavens, the, the highest heavens with all the stars, the earth and all that's on it, the seas and all that's in it. You give life to all of them and the stars in heaven worship you. You, Lord of the God, who chose Abraham. He goes on for six or seven more verses declaring the great things that God has done, that, that God is amazing, and here's a bunch of examples of it when he's there starting off his prayers. God likes to be praised, and he likes to be praised out loud. In a few weeks, I'll talk about how God hears the, the prayers in your mind. But if you really want to pray effectively, pray out loud. He can hear the prayers in your head, but out loud prayers are significantly more, more powerful. So, and, and same with praise. He can hear the praise in your mind, but he likes it out loud. Um, I think all of us do. <laughs> you can think positive things, wonderful. But, you know, tell Laura. Hey, Laura, you're doing a great job. You know, tell her, like, oh, this place looks good. You know, bring your praises out loud to people and to, to God. God likes to be praised out loud. We'll talk more about that later. Um, pro tip, uh, pro tip when it comes to prayer. Uh, what the guys are doing in the Bible when they're doing these prayers is they're setting up their requests. And so they're praising God for things that are actually connected to what they're going to ask. So uh, Daniel above, like, God, you are a covenant-keeping God. You, you, you keep covenants. Now he's going to ask in a little bit, keep your covenant to us now at this moment in our lives and send us back to the land. He's, he's going to tie into the praise with his request. Um, there, there's, maybe you'd be praying, God, the Bible says you are the defender of the weak. I am feeling weak and beat up right now in my life. Protect me. Help me. Get me out of here. Defend me. Come to my aid. Taking the attributes of God, the praiseworthy attributes of God, and connecting them to your prayer requests. You don't have to overthink it that much. God just loves bombardments of praise. You can heap it on uh, and, and not have to be that strategic. But, but that, is, that is one of the things that the great prayers of the Bible are also trying to do. Connect the greatness of God, what he's done in the past, and its relevance to their request that's coming up. Okay. You're praying in Jesus' name. And then you're saying great things about God and who he is and what he's done. And then number three, we humble ourselves with confession and forgiveness. We humble ourselves with confession and forgiveness. There's three aspects to this one. First of all, you might pray, Father, in Jesus' name, forgive me. Forgive me. There, this is confessing personal sin, asking, God's, asking for God's forgiveness. You don't have to beg God to forgive you. Some of you spend way too much time pleading with God to forgive you. Just he ha it's, it's, If you've given your life to Jesus, you've got it. The grace, the, the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus, it, you don't have to plead for that. You might have to believe for that in faith, that what the Bible says is true when it comes to your forgiveness. But you don't have to plead for it. But you do want to have that humility where you come before God and you're like, God, my behavior was this way. Your ideal behavior for my life was this way. I agree with you. I am not where you want me to be. And so I repent. I'm going to change my behavior 
so that how I'm living is how you want me to be living. I agree with you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. And I recommit my, my life to, to your ways. So there is that sense of, of, of forgiving me as an individual. And then B, Father, in Jesus' name, forgive us. Very biblical. The, this confessing of sins of the people of the groups that you're a part of. Maybe your family. Maybe your extended family, maybe your ancestors, maybe your, your city, maybe your, your, um, your peer group, your, your friendship cluster, maybe, maybe um, just any sphere, your, your workplace, maybe if you have a job, the, the corporate, the issues in, your, in the corporation or whatever. Like, just think through your spheres and you would bring that humble um, honesty before God and ask for God's mercy over your, your group. You see this all the time in the Bible. One of the things that strikes Isaiah when he's standing there in the presence of God and he hears the angels saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Um, in Isaiah 5, his response to this moment was, woe is me. Woe is me because I am a man of unclean lips, which in the West we, we are fine stopping there. That's all I need. It's just about me, thinks us. And live among a people of unclean lips. Isaiah realizes that he is not just him. He's part of a people that are offending God. And he brings that confession. Nehemiah is really good at this. In Nehemiah chapter 1, he says it this way. He says, I confess the sins we have committed against you, both I and my father's family have sinned. Gets it. It's not just about him. Him before God. Him and his people. We have acted corruptly towards you and not kept the command statutes, ordinances you gave your servant Moses. The most effective prayers uh, have the humility to confess one's own sin and bring the humility of, of the group that we're a part of. God, I, I'm, I'm broken and my, my people that, that I'm here with are, are also broken before me. That's the second one, but there's one more. The third one, Father, in Jesus' name, I choose to forgive everyone of everything. I choose to forgive everyone of everything. Again, according to Jesus in the Lord's Prayer, he, he includes the line, forgive us our sins, debts, trespasses. As we forgive those who have sinned, dead, trespassed against us. And then at the end of the prayer, Jesus drops this very massive bombshell. And he says, you know, if you forgive people, you'll be forgiven. But if you don't, you won't. Matthew 6, you can look it up. Right at the end of the Lord's Prayer. If there are people that you are refusing to forgive, that's causing a... An issue in your relationship with God. And more, more so, it's, it's causing an issue. It's, it's massively impacting your prayers and, and your prayer life. We need to choose to forgive everyone of everything. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't seem right to me. Okay, we're going to have to trust Jesus on this one. But I don't feel like forgiving them. That's not really how we make our decisions in this life. We, 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 we choose 
to forgive as Jesus has instructed. We're going to trust him that his way is the right way. And we're going to let God bring vengeance on, if, if there's any vengeance needed, any revenge, any retribution needed, God promises that he will avenge, he will repay, Romans 12, 19. And we need to hand that over to him. Our job is to forgive everyone of everything. And I know that this is a big process. I know that there's lots of tears involved with, with some of this. I, uh, as I was praying through this this morning, I just I see people in their past and just, just with, with uh, family stuff going on, they're like, I can't forgive this. And, I, and just, just battling with this, we can and, and we need to. We need to forgive and trust Jesus that, oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. If you need help with that, we've got prayer ministry every Sunday here. We, we want to help you um, work through this process. We choose to forgive. We don't wait till we feel like it. We choose. We choose to forgive. Anyways, the, the most effective prayers are prayed to the Father in Jesus' name. They start with lots of praising God for who he is and what he's done. Then we humble ourselves with confession and, and forgive, forgiveness. By the way, one of the reasons... Why we, why we do it, things in this order is to make sure before we get our prayer requests, we've established two important things. One, our prayer request is based on God and God's amazingness. Two, not on, our, on us and our standing before him. We're not coming before him. Now, I know the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective, but we are not bringing our, our, our requests based on our perfection and amazingness, but on God's perfection and amazingness. And so we establish that before we get to our request. And then we bring our prayer request, number four. Bring your request to God with confidence. With confidence, with boldness. With boldness. What do you want God to do for you? This is probably what I have the most practice with. And probably most of, most of us all. You know, God help me. God save me. God Bless this food, <laughs> whatever, whatever our, our requests are. God, help that person. We, we, we're good with the request bit. Um, in the Lord's Prayer, there's lots of requests that he kind of gives examples of. You know, um, God, Father, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a request. Um, give us today our daily bread. That's a request. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil or the evil one. Uh, those are requests. Jesus, um, even in Jesus' prayer, he, he, he does the same structure in John 17. And he, his request at that particular moment was, Holy Father, protect them by your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. It's just bringing that request to God. I'm sure we have, a, we have a lot of practice with this. I think the only thing I want to say more about this is um, I hope that your prayer requests are big and bold. And, and full, of, full of faith. God can do much more than you will ask. He can shift situations much more impossible seeming than yours. He has. And he will continue to. Like, you don't downgrade your prayer request to reasonable. That's, that's biblically unreasonable. Don't do that. Keep them big, keep them high, keep them ideal. And he can do so much more than you can even imagine in your situation. Okay, so we got a prayer request there. And then five, this one is so huge. 
answer the question, why should God answer your prayers? Why should God answer your This is everywhere in all the great prayers of the Bible. They're answering the question, why it is good for God, from God's perspective, to answer your prayer requests. If you don't know why it's good for God, from His perspective, to answer your prayer requests, um, then you've got a little bit of thinking to do. There are good reasons, maybe, probably, most likely, I don't know your prayer requests, for God to answer your prayer requests. Do you know what they are? Sometimes it's connected into who He is or, or promise that, God, you've made this promise to your people. God, you have said this is true about you. Let it be true in my situation. God, you love me. You care for me. And so intervene in my life. I, you asked me to do this, and you said, if I do this, then you will do that. I've done my bit. Now you do your bit. There's a lot of prayers in the Bible like that. God, you are gracious and compassionate. Have mercy on my situation. One of the most common and powerful reasons is, in the Bible, is, God, for the sake of how people think about you. For your name's sake. For your reputation's sake. God really cares how people think about him. And, and so very often, people who are praying are like, this will be good for you, for you to do. Now, in, in our situation, with, with our answered prayers, you might be like, God, I want, I'm asking you to answer this prayer because you like to be praised, and I am going to enthusiastically tell people, everyone, everywhere, including share time, but everyone, everywhere, about your answer to my prayers. I, and then people will know that you still hear prayers, and you still act, and you still answer prayers. They will hear a testimony. They will hear good things about you in this generation if you answer my prayers. Some examples in the Bible might be Daniel chapter 9. <clears throat> Daniel's praying along. He says, for we are not presenting our petitions before you based on our righteous acts, but, uh, but based on your abundant compassion. That's kind of going back to what I was saying a few minutes ago with establishing why God's going to be paying attention and, and why it's because of God's goodness, not because of us. And then he says, Lord, hear Lord, forgive. Lord, listen and act. That pretty much captures most of my prayers right there, those, those simple lines. And then he says, my God, for your own sake, do not delay because your city and your people bear your name. Why should you answer my prayer, says Daniel? For, because of you, for your sake. It is good for you to answer your prayer, this prayer, without delay. Why? Because you're connected to this. Man, you, you, if you can get that connected. Uh, Moses prays. Moses prays when God is about, tells him he's going to wipe out the nation. And, and Moses is trying to stop God from wiping out the nation. And so why does Moses say that God should answer his prayer? Numbers 14 if you kill this people with a single blow, the nations that have heard of your fame will declare, since the Lord wasn't able. Ooh. Oh, man, you want to wind up the Almighty? You don't want to, by the way. But if you did, you, since the Lord wasn't able to bring these people into the land, he swore to give them. He slaughtered them in the wilderness. Man. That, that's, that's dialing in. This is, this is why I want you to answer the prayer so people don't think you couldn't or you weren't able. Again, God's reputation. When you pray, you're thinking about why from God's 
position? Would he, would, is it good for him to answer your prayers? Now that, that's effective praying right there. That's effective praying. <clears throat> all right. If you want to see more of your prayers answered, question, do you have all the pieces? And do you have the pieces in the right order? The, the only thing else that I would encourage you to do that we don't see in these written prayers of the Bible is I encourage you to have some listening time. Just be like, Father, is there anything that you want to say right now? Spirit of the living God, revealer of mysteries, is there anything that you want to talk to me about? Have some paper, pen, an app open or whatever. Kind of have some listening time. <clears throat> By the way, um, we design pre-service prayer here at this church with this exact structure. There's been lots of people over the years who have been like, oh, let's change it up. Let's mix it up. Why would we do that? That's, that was an awful idea. Unless, you know, if that's yours, it's fine. But no, we're not going to do that. Uh, why aren't we going to do that? Because we're teaching people effective, powerful prayer structure every week by going through this same flow uh, praising God, forgiveness, um, ask, bringing our requests. Why should God answer this prayer? We're doing that every week. It's, it's reflecting the, the, the prayers of the Bible, the most effective way to pray, because we want to see God's breakthrough in our church, in our city, in our nation, our generation. So that's why we're following those things. If, if you're not a part of pre-service prayer, um, come running. I'm sure we'll start something, doors open soon, and, and we'll, we'll pray about it. Okay, yeah, so uh, pre-service prayer, very big deal. Now, uh, prayer structure, it's just one significant piece. It's one significant piece, but again, it's where Jesus started, but he keeps talking. And we'll, we'll, we'll keep dealing with, with more effective prayer, prayer structure or prayer pieces moving forward in our study. Last week, I ended with a picture. I ended with a picture of my exercise bike. And I connected effective praying and effective exercise biking. Right? And, and, I, and I ba we basically ended with the question of the exercise bike when it comes to prayer. Am I giving the prayer the time, the effort, the consistency, and the intensity usually required to see lots of answered prayer in my life? We talked about that. This week's picture is this one. It's a puzzle. It's, a puzzle. it's puzzle pieces. And the question of the puzzle pieces is, do I have all the pieces connected in the right way in my prayers? Do I have all the pieces connected in the right way? What's more annoying than putting together a puzzle and not having all the pieces? Um, there are some things, but that's, that's high on the annoying list. A puzzle needs to have all the right pieces and needs to be put together the pieces in the right places for it to have the results and the end product that you're wanting when it comes to a puzzle. If you do what young Brian would do and fist pound the pieces into place, yes, everything stuck together. Is the goal for it all to be there? No. The goal is that the right pieces are in the right place to get to the right end result. And the, and the same with prayer. There is, a, there is a purpose, there is an order, there is a structure. Do we have all the right pieces in our prayers and are we getting them in the right places? God hears all of your prayers. God hears all of your prayers. I don't want you to doubt that for one second in this study. But I want your, your prayers to be as effective as possible. 
I want you to see the most uh, answered prayers, more answered prayers than you've ever seen in your entire life. I, I want that desperately for you. And so we're going to work towards building, getting all the pieces in all the right places in our, in our prayers. The challenge for us this week is this. Write a prayer to God with all these pieces asking for your biggest prayer request to be answered. And then pray your written prayer every day this week. La last week's challenge was 30 minutes, five days a week, just like thinking like an exercise bike. Uh, I said good luck on figuring out how to fill it, but go for it. Uh, now, now you know a little bit more about how to fill that time. Follow, this, follow these structure pieces during those 30 minutes, those 30 minute times of prayer. All right, that's... That's the challenge for this week. I'm going to pray for us. And then Laura is going to give us a chance to respond and give our lives to Jesus if you want to do that. But right now I'm just going to be praying, praying for all of us. Father, in Jesus' name, here we are. We, we, we love you. We think you are amazing. We, we, we praise you for uh, what you've done, sending your son Jesus. We praise you for rescuing us. Out of, out of the darkness of our life and, and bringing us into this kingdom of, of Jesus. We, we praise you for healing, for helping, for guiding, uh, for restoring us so many times and in so many ways. We thank you for leading us here, bringing us together as a people gathered uh, here in your name. We, we understand that all of us have uh, fallen short of perfection. And we understand that we as a church have fallen short of, of uh, perfection. And we just ask you for your mercy and for your grace and your forgiveness. Forgive us, Jesus. Uh, forgive us as we forgive those who have sinned against us. I'll just get, pause here and I'll let you just have that moment with Jesus where you're like, Jesus, I choose now to forgive this person of this and everything. I know that there's a war going on in some of your innermost being over this forgiveness thing. We have a prayer team. We want to keep praying for you about this. Get get help. Uh, we know that this is very big stuff for in some of your some of your lives, but but do it. It is it is the good way to walk, and it's going to be powerful. God, we uh, we we ask for your forgiveness as we forgive those who have sinned against us, all of them. And now, God, we ask for your breakthrough in our lives, that you your answered prayers would flow abundantly. Abundantly, God, do in our days like in the days that we've read about, where you just pour out revival, where you pour out reawakening, where you pour out. Um, direct answers to prayers, miracles, and, and things above and beyond what we could ask or imagine. Pour out your goodness. Uh, why? Because, uh, because people aren't, aren't believing in you much these days. And even those who do believe in you have such low expectations. Let's, let's raise the bar. Let's raise people's expectations. Let's turn people's attention back to, to you as the God who hears, who acts, who does, who's living and active and powerful and good and wonderful, who hears prayers and answers. Let's remind people that there's hope because you're real and you're here and you're powerful. Thank you for Jesus. Bring your breakthrough.
in Jesus' name. May it be. Amen.